Welcome into another episode of Locked On Phillies. In today's episode, Brandon Marsh, out of nowhere, had knee surgery. How concerned should Philadelphia Phillies fans be about that just ahead of spring training starting? And what does it change about the outfield? Next, we'll get into some questions for Mailbag Monday. And we have our opening day countdown. Number 45, there's a really good current Philly and some really great Phillies favorites from past years. So we'll break it all down on today's episode of Locked On Phillies. You are Locked On Phillies, your daily Philadelphia Phillies podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, this is Locked On Phillies. I'm your host, Connor Thomas. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure if you're consuming us in podcast form, rate and review wherever you get your podcasts. YouTube-wise, if you're not subscribed to the channel yet, please subscribe. I really appreciate it. If you haven't checked us out on YouTube, it's fun to watch while you listen. You get the facial expressions. It's a more complete experience. And to subscribe costs you no money. It takes like a second to do. And it gets you new notifications when episodes are posted. Most importantly, it really helps me out here on Locked on Phillies to continue bringing you good content. So that's the best way you could say, hey, I like your content is by subscribing to YouTube. So appreciate everyone who's already done that and everyone who's going to. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers join today and you'll get $150 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Brandon Marsh out of nowhere had knee surgery. Right before the weekend. Now, I had already recorded Friday's episode, and we were weekdays only, so I wanted to make sure that I got to this first thing Monday. But I know you've already heard the news. If you're a Phillies fan, you're aware that Brandon Marsh out of nowhere had a knee procedure done. So basically what it is is it's arthroscopic knee surgery. They found this piece of cartilage in his knee that was just floating. It wasn't attached to anything. And It sounds like, from what Dave Dabrowski said about it, that this was a pre-existing issue. The cartilage is not new from any type of new injury. It just kind of moved, since it's not attached to anything, to a place where it bothered him more. And he felt it this past week, and they decided to go ahead and get the procedure done to pull that out of there. The expectation is that he'll be ready for opening day. But with spring training really a couple days away for pitchers and catchers. I mean, pitchers and catchers report on Valentine's Day. It's the 12th. So two days until pitchers and catchers will show up down there in Clearwater, Florida. We're right there, right? And only 45 days till opening day. That means that Brandon Marsh is going to be missing from a lot, if not all, of Philadelphia Philly spring training. So how concerned should we be about this Brandon Marsh surgery? Well, you remember last week we talked about a couple of players the Phillies signed on waivers and to make moves on the 40-man roster, Simon Muziati was designated for assignment. So when you look at that, you say, okay, they knew about Marsh's injury when they made that move. That was confirmed by Dave Dabrowski. So that should tell you that the Phillies are very confident that Marsh is going to be ready by opening day. They wouldn't take a outfielder off the 40-man roster and say, okay, well, we're going to also have surgery done on a guy who is supposed to be our starting left fielder, right? Like that just, it would not make sense. That would be negligent. The Phillies don't make moves like that. So we know that they understood that Marsh was already hurt. 
they felt comfortable on moving Muziati off the 40-man anyway. And that means that they should feel confident that Brandon Marsh is going to be back. But I'll tell you what, it's not a great time for him to be missing time. He's a little bit more proven at the major league level than Johan Roas. It might feel like a lot, but really it's a little bit. He wasn't doing much in Los Angeles two years ago before he got traded to the Phillies. He was great after coming to the Phillies in 2022. A little bit quiet in the postseason in 2022. And then this past year in 2023, he started to look more like an everyday player and was really good in the postseason for the Phillies in this past run. So it might feel like he's got more experience than Rojas, but still a very young player and a guy that the Phillies are trying to figure out exactly what they have. Do they have a sometimes outfielder who can't hit lefties? Do they have an everyday outfielder? Do they have a guy that had a really good season and a half and might not pan out? Like, and I don't think that's likely, but I'm just saying, like, these are the options for Brandon Marsh, and you don't fully know. Like, other, you know, the infield set, you know, the rotation's pretty set at this point. You know, Nick Castellanos is going to be playing right, but there were a couple questions I had going into spring training. One, obviously, number one, we talked about it in an episode. I break it down further if you want to go back and watch it from last week is Johan Rojas in center field. Is he going to be the everyday center fielder for this team? It seems more likely than not he will be with the way the Phillies have handled this offseason. Another one would be the bullpen. Who's going to fill the closer role? What's Ryan Kirkery going to do? I'm just going to lump that all together in questions about the bullpen. That was another big storyline. But when you look at position players outside of Johan Rojas, Brandon Marsh was the next big question mark. Is he able to be an everyday left fielder for this team. And what better time to see him against lefties than when it doesn't count towards your record in spring training. This could have been a big spring for Brandon Marsh to go out there and say, okay, I'm going to take advantage of this. I think I'm going to be the everyday left fielder. I'm going to get a chance to hit lefties in spring training, and they're not going to be top of the line lefties. I'm going to prove I'm capable of doing this, and I'm going to play 150 games in left field this year. Right? That's the thought. Now that path gets a little tougher for Marsh. Because he's not playing in the spring. you got to exist on faith alone. Also, it's not great that he's not playing in spring training, probably. We're not 100% sure that he's done for the entirety of spring. But when you talk about he should be back by opening day, that normally means that that's a tight time frame. And I wouldn't expect him to get a significant amount of playing time this spring, if at all. It'll be down near the end of spring training, if anything. But the other thing that does is it puts you behind the eight ball when it comes to seeing live pitching. I brought this up before on the podcast. I'll say it again. I know from experience, I played baseball for many years, played collegiately, played semi-pro ball. I'm not trying to say I'm a major league pitcher by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not, never was, but I know the cycle of a baseball season and getting ready for it at a relatively high level. And I know that early on in the season or early on in training, whenever you get into your preseason workouts, Pitchers are always ahead of hitters. You know why? Because you can go into a batting cage if you want to, and you could try and just say, okay, fastball, curveball, figure out what it is. You might even try and have someone like simulate a pitcher for you by doing that. But unless you're getting live at bats, it's very, very difficult to get true game type of reps. As a pitcher, guess what doesn't move and never moves? The strike zone. It's in the same spot every single time. So when you throw a bullpen for a pitcher, it is a lot more translatable to a game than it is for a position to player to go from not seeing live pitching 
to seeing live pitching, even if they've been hitting off the tee, hitting soft toss, hitting batting practice pitching. It's not quite the same. So all that goes back to saying Brandon Marsh not getting spring training at bats means that he could have a slow start to the season, even if he's ready by opening day. This is not going to be a simple, okay, he's ready, he's rolling, he's seen a bunch of live pitching already, he's ready to take left field by, well, I can finish that expression, but you get what I was going with there. Like, let's say grab it by the horns, grab the bull by the horns, if you will, out in left field. And that's going to be harder for Brandon Marsh. I was really rooting for him to be the everyday left fielder for this team this year. And I think that would be the best outcome for the Philadelphia Phillies chances to compete. That seems less likely now, even if only slightly, right? But that seems like it's not even less likely. It's going to be a harder road. So how concerned should you be about Brandon Marsh? I wouldn't be concerned about his availability. I think he'll be ready for opening day. The Phillies moves have told you that. But will he look as good as I expected him to with spring training? It's hard to say yes. I think it could be a slow start for Marsh. And for a team that I know Marsh is one of the lesser offensive options, no disrespect, the team's just stacked offensively. But for a team that starts slow the past couple of years, you're looking at it and you're saying, okay, well, you've already got a guy missing spring training who could play every day in left field for you. I'm starting to worry about a slow start again. It's not just going to be Brandon Marsh, but I'm just saying, like, that's another little bit of difficulty they have to overcome early on in the season. It could end up being nothing. So I'm not freaking out over it. And you shouldn't be either. But should you be a little bit worried about how this affects Brandon Marsh individually? Yes. How it'll affect the team? It might not make any difference. But for him and his best chance to help the team by proving he can hit left-handed pitching, this is a bit of a setback for that storyline. So that's my thoughts on the Brandon Marsh knee surgery thing. Also, if you're wondering, like, why did he get it just now after a long offseason? Like I said, just something they found out about this week procedure they did it was an existing issue that they weren't aware of they only became aware of it because the knee started bothering him and that piece of cartilage that's floating must have shifted to a place that he felt more uncomfortable with it and they're getting the procedure done so nobody's at any kind of fault here it's nothing to be majorly concerned about just makes it a little bit difficult to evaluate Brandon Marsh for the everyday left fielder position if that makes sense uh, coming up as we continue today's episode, we've got some Mailbag Monday questions that I want to get into and uh, something I want to address that a lot of people have started to comment on the YouTube videos as far as a player the Philadelphia Phillies should sign or a couple of players. So we'll get into that coming up as we continue today's episode of Locked on Phillies. All right, let me tell you about my friends over at FanDuel. You can get buckets with your first bet on FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 bet. Any winning $5 bet. That's $150 if your bet wins. You can bet on all your favorite NBA players and teams. You got quick bets. You got live same game parlays where you can combine like players' points, money line, over-unders got exclusive props that only FanDuel has. I mean, they've got so much you can bet on. I made some money with FanDuel last night. Last night was the Super Bowl. I've been telling you, heads is the call for the coin toss. The kid doesn't miss. Oh, my goodness. And I nailed it again. So it's that easy to make money. You just got to know what you want to bet. I know you do. And you got to go over to FanDuel. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and shoot your shot. Basketball season's here. It's time to get back after it. FanDuel official sportsbook partner of the NBA. 
All right, it is Mailbag Monday. Now, obviously, the Brandon Marsh news took precedent over the um, precedents. I always mess that up. Over uh, what's going on as far as your guys' questions. All due respect, I love you guys who listen and follow along to Locked On Phillies. Love you folks out there. But when Phillies starter as surgery, that kind of you, you got to jump to it. Now, I got another question from Sean Fitzpatrick, who Sean constantly checks in on these things. I got to tell the rest of you. Yeah, I'll answer Sean's questions because he has good ones. Uh, but you need other people to start chiming in. So it's not just Sean asking me questions here, but uh, Sean Fitzpatrick on Twitter asks, in your eyes, is Christian Pache simply a bench piece or with Marsh's, Marsh's surgery and questions about Rojas, could he emerge and garner more regular season playing time with a solid spring training? I think that's a very interesting question. And it kind of plays on what we were talking about earlier with Brandon Marsh's path to being the everyday left fielder. I think if you had to ask, like, Hand on the Bible, Dave Dombrowski, Rob Thompson, or Brandon Marsh and Johan Roas, everyday players at the major league level. They would say they don't know that yet. They don't have a definitive answer. And yet, if you ask them what you would project it to be, projection is a guess, it would be Rojas in center, Marsh in left, Castellanos in right. That's the outfield with Pache and Jake Cave on the bench right now. And Sean Fitzpatrick specifically asked about Christian Pache. I'm more intrigued by Pache than the average Philadelphia Phillies fan. I don't think he's an all-star. I don't think he's an MVP. I don't take this too far and say, oh, Connor thinks Christian Pache is the next Barry Bond. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying that because of his time since being a top prospect, he's fallen off at the major league level, has never really produced, didn't produce with Atlanta, didn't produce with Oakland, hasn't really done all that much here. People forget the pedigree that he had coming up as a former top prospect in the Atlanta Braves system. They've got a really, really good minor league system. If he was a former top prospect with them, I believe there's a lot of talent in there. There's a lot of potential. He may never reach it, but an opportunity to show it off in spring training is not a bad thing. I don't think they're comfortable with Jake Cave. So I wouldn't say that Christian Pache is going to be anything more than a bench piece, right? I can't imagine he does something in spring training that causes him to be a starter over Marsh or Rojas. But here's what Pache is fighting for. Because last year, Jake Cave played almost 60 games for the Philadelphia Phillies due to injuries in the outfield and Kyle Schwarber moving around and all that type of stuff. And Rojas had to come up. Like There was a lot of stuff that needed to change with the Phillies over the course of that season. And even before that season, trading Matt Vierling, who could have been an outfield piece for you, Jake Cave got forced into a lot of action. Christian Pache is a guy that I would prefer to play over Jake Cave. I think Jake Cave is a below-average Major League Baseball player. I'm just being frankly honest. That's my evaluation. I feel that I'm being fair based on my opinion. That's all I can do. Christian Pache, also a below-average Major League Baseball player right now. Now, which of those guys do you think has a higher ceiling? The former top prospect with the Braves, really athletic, got great speed, or Jake Cave, who is an average fielder, maybe a slightly above average fielder in some parts of the game. Like, Jake Cave doesn't pop off the screen to me in any way when I watch him play baseball. And this is at a major league level. Again, I'm not trying to say the guy stinks at baseball. He's a major league baseball player. But compared to the other guys that are playing at that level, he doesn't pop off the screen to me. Pache will do a thing or two where I'm like, ooh, this dude's an athlete. Like, that dude has next level athleticism, I don't know if he's a next level baseball player. So 
I think the benefit to Pache with Marsh's injury, he will get more looks in spring training. I don't think he can win a starting job, but I think him cementing himself as the better option over Jake Cave will be better for the Phillies in the long run and obviously great for him personally because he'll get some chances to play on days that Roas needs off, days that Marsh might need off as he works his way back from this knee issue, days that Castellanos might need off as he gets a little bit older out there in right field. Like if Pache is your fourth option over Cave, that's an improvement. Is it as big of an improvement as I thought they are going to make at that position? No, and they still could sign an outfielder for depth. Uh, one of the issues is that you got to work out the role that they're going to have. And a lot of these outfielders in free agency want to go somewhere and start or be guaranteed a certain amount of time. It sounds like the Phillies are leaning towards playing Marsh and Rojas significantly. So there's not a lot of innings to go around. And that's a tough thing to get guys to sign up for. So we'll see if they do anything else. But great question by Sean Fitzpatrick uh, about Christian Pache and how he could take advantage of Marsh's surgery, causing him to miss most, if not all, of spring training. I think his shot should be the fourth option in the outfield. You're the first guy off the bench when we need someone to make a start in the outfield or come in late. That's it. And I don't see him taking over any starting position out there. Now, another question that I've been getting, or rather just comments that I've been getting on the YouTube uh, questions and comments uh, under episodes, people keep bringing up two names. One is Cody Bellinger. The other is Trevor Bauer. I'm going to address this once and then uh, we're going to move on from it because I have very finite answers on both of these. The Philadelphia Phillies are not going to sign Cody Bellinger. They're not a landing spot for him. It doesn't make sense. If you like Cody Bellinger as a player and you're like, we're Cody Bellinger away from being great, I'm going to bring up his baseball reference page right now, and I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to explain in no uncertain terms why Cody Bellinger is not going to be a member of the Philadelphia Phillies. So Bellinger, all-star in 2017, all-star in 2019. I mean, he's been an MVP before. He was a rookie of the year. Like, he's got – he has the pedigree, right? But with that being said, when you look at that, like – and I mean, he had a 47 home run year in 2019 when he won his MVP. The guy was a monster in 2017, 2018, and 2019. Here's what he's done the past three years, right? Because we know he had a great year last year in Chicago. He batted 307. He had 26 home runs. He had a really, really good year for the Chicago Cubs. What did he do in 2022? He had 19 home runs. Average season, power-wise. I mean, average for a Major League Baseball player. Not for a guy who had 47 home runs. That's a huge drop-off from that. He batted 210. The year before that, in 2021, also with the Dodgers. He was with the Dodgers in 21 and 22, if I hadn't brought that up. He hit 10 home runs and batted one. 65 like he was unplayable at points and you're buying high because of the year he just had in his contract year with Chicago right you had a guy that hit 210 or below in two of the past three years and last year he had a great season so if you're taking a chance on Bellinger it's a risk if you're going to sign somebody as a veteran who you're going to have to commit a lot of money to and play him over two young players in Marsh and Rojas that are the Phillies believe future pieces to this organization that they really want to evaluate. That option has to be ironclad. That has to be slump proof. It has to be, we know that even on a down year, this given us, this guy's hitting 265 with 20 home runs. 
270 with 25 home runs, something like that. Like you are a bona fide, like all-star level talent. That's the only thing that's worth making that type of investment that Cody Bellinger is going to command. Cody Bellinger is not that. Does he have a really high ceiling? Yes. Does he have a really low floor? Yes. And maybe the Phillies, you would like them to gamble. I'm not in that zone. No, you're, this is not take a chance and block somebody who you might need in the future for Cody Bellinger who could hit 200 this year. It's just, it's not a realistic move in a lot of senses. So Cody Bellinger, if you want him, I'm here to tell you it's not going to happen. It's not. And the Trevor Bauer thing, also not going to happen for multiple reasons. I'm not even going to get into the legal issues and everything going on there. Why, if you're the Philadelphia Phillies, are you the team that takes a chance on a guy that hasn't pitched in the majors in how many years? Like, was he really good back in the day? Yes. And has he been pitching professionally, at least abroad? Yes. So it's not like he's just been sitting on his couch. But the point is, it is an unnecessary risk, just like Bellinger, an unnecessary risk. The Phillies are so darn close to winning it all. They do not need to take on unnecessary risks. They do not need to commit money to anything that's not a sure investment. And these guys are far from a sure thing. Bauer way more so than Bellinger. It doesn't make any sense. And where would he slot in in the rotation? You're telling me you're giving him the ball over Ranger Suarez? You're telling me you're giving him the ball over Christopher Sanchez, who had a really good year last year? You're telling me you're going to give him the ball over Tywin Walker, who won 15 games at the major league level? If you say Aaron Nolan, Zach Wheeler, I don't know what you're talking about. So no to both those guys. Not going to happen. Not realistic. Sorry if you really wanted those guys as members of the Philadelphia Phillies. Sorry to burst your bubble. It's not happening. Phillies are pretty set going into spring training. Pitchers and catchers report in two days. The roster is going to look largely what it looks like now going into the season. Coming up, speaking of going into the season, we're 45 days away from the Philadelphia Phillies opening day game. Who's the best Philly in history to wear number 45? There are a couple really good options. Who am I going to pick? Find out in a second here on Locked on Phillies. First, though, I want to tell you about my friends over at eBay Motors because passion, drive, and patience is what brings home the winning trophy. And it's also what keeps your automobile alive. eBay Motors, they've got everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. You can get superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, so much more. Anything you could imagine to either fix or upgrade your ride is available at eBay Motors. They've got you covered. They've got over, listen to this number, 122 million parts for your car. You're always going to find exactly what you're looking for. And they've got eBay guaranteed fit. So what that means is your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. They got great prices. They got all the parts you need. It's super easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or dive ride or die vehicle alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply, eBay guaranteed fit, only available to U.S. customers. So we have reached day number 45 in the countdown to opening day. So 45 days to go to the Phillies on March 28th. We'll take on the Braves in their season opener. And we have started a countdown of Phillies all-time uniform numbers and corresponding with the day, 
you pick the Philly, or rather I pick the Philly that I like the best or think was the best with that number. And we've had some good ones. Jamie Moore's been mentioned. Carlos Ruiz has been mentioned. But now we're on day 45. And this one's going to be tricky, right? I know that there's going to be a guy on here that people a generation or two older than me are going to be like, if I don't pick them, they're going to lose their minds. So I might have to do that just out of the pressure. I respect my elders. But there are some really good ones to choose from here. Of course, Tug McGraw, War 45. And you, you remember Tug McGraw from the final out of the 80 World Series, uh, jumping up and down with his hands over his head. And also, was a big fan of country music, so his son Tim McGraw. That's a, another step in the right direction. But Tug McGraw is a legend in this town. A lot of people like Terry Mulholland from back in the day. Played from 89 to 96 and wore number 45. Then I've got kind of a wild card here. Back in 2009, there was a pretty good number 45 on the Philadelphia Phillies. Does Pedro Martinez deserve the spot? He's one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the game. But he was only with the Phillies for one year. So do I go on the overall strength of the career of that player? Or do I go with them as a Philly? Now, this is all subjective. And, I mean... I'm just going to pick what I'd like to. And I, if you disagree, it's no, uh, nothing personal. Don't treat it like, oh, he hates my favorite player. No, I'm just picking who I think. There's one more, though. And this is the guy that I got to go with. I just have to. Because Thug McGraw, legend. Terry Mulholland, I know he's got a lot of people like. Uh, you look at Pedro Martinez, an all-time great. But Zach Wheeler's currently wearing number 45. And I got to go with Zach Wheeler. He's a current player on the team. He's the best pitcher on this team. He's been unbelievable since he came here. He's one of the greatest postseason pitchers in history. And again, current great Philly. He is the best pitcher on this roster. Bullpen, starting, anything. He's the best pitcher in this organization. Like that, He is the best thrower of the baseball on this team right now. A team that has gone to the NLCS last year, won the National League the year before, and he was a huge part of it both times. So how could I not pick Zach Wheeler? Like, it's got to be wheels. And I, I, you'll notice I'm going to defer to guys that are on the current team, unless there's like a legend at the position that I got to pick over them. But if you're a good player on the current Phillies, you're probably going to be my pick of your uniform number. So we are Zach Wheeler days away from opening day. And hopefully this isn't the last year we get to say that and they get an extension done for him. But yes, credit to all the other guys. I mean, Chad Durbin wore 45. Uh, who can forget Jeff Brantley? 99 to 2000, the Phillies legend. No, I'm kidding. I mean, Sparky Anderson's down there from way back in 1959. If you remember him, congrats on being able to use YouTube. I imagine most people in that uh, demographic will not be YouTube savvy, but it's got to be Wheeler. So that's my pick. And most importantly, we're 45 days away from opening day and two days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. So tomorrow on the eve of pitchers and catchers reporting, I'm going to talk to you about some of the big storylines with the pitchers. We'll get into that on tomorrow's episode. But that's all for today's episode. Again, thank you so much for checking us out. Please make sure you're rating, reviewing where you get your podcasts and subscribing to the YouTube. Helps me out so much. I really, really appreciate it if you do that. And, uh, yeah, that's all. Again, I want to remind you we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I will talk to you next time on the next episode of Locked On Phillies.